Welcome to today's BCOG online podcast episode. These weekly sermons are a part of the growing online ministry of God. Buford Church of God is a growing multi-campus and multicultural Pentecostal church north of Atlanta. We are reaching people around the world to see lives transformed through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in with us and enjoy today's episode with Senior Pastor Joey Grizzle. Please remain standing, Matthew chapter 18, starting with verse 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone, not Facebook. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. <laughs> Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if any two of you will agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Say amen at the reading of God's word. I want to teach you several things from this passage. And I think it's important that you hear my heart on this. I'm going to make several bold assertions as this verse relates to my heart and my faith. I do not offer these opinions for the purpose of absolute agreement. I just think that it's important for you to know that I believe it. Because I have centered much of my pastoral theology on this passage of Scripture. Almost everything I do is predicated upon some reading of this story, this passage, and communicating that in policy, in preaching, and in administration of the church. Now, I want you to understand what Jesus was really trying to say here was more than just a Pentecostal expression of his manifest presence. We'll get to that. But before we arrive at that wonderful promise of his manifestation, he is establishing authority in the church. He's establishing the fact that if you deal with the church, you're dealing with him. And that if the church operates in agreement with him, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, unfortunately, and I do mean unfortunately, the Catholic Church has assumed heaven-hell authority with this passage. There is an excommunication theology that is derived from this particular reading. I don't necessarily agree with their final conclusion, but I do admire their faithful keeping of the journey toward that conclusion. For I feel that oftentimes in Protestant circles, we have relegated the church to no authority. It doesn't matter who we hurt. It doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter how many places we leave or who we talk bad about. We don't feel guilty as long as we can find another preacher that will take our money and pacify us in our rebellion. 
Mia, go crank the truck. <laughs> that point just fell flat. <laughs> but listen to me. This is so true. The Bible says in the last days that there would be people with itching ears heaping to themselves teachers. That they would go around and church shop for somebody who would indulge them in whatever theology or background or sin they've committed in their life. They, they are looking for somebody to pacify the pain rather than redeem the heart. Although I reject the theology of excommunication, I do not believe God ever invested heaven, hell authority in someone who's never been to either one of those places. I don't think that God gave me the right of going, you can go and you two can and this one will and these three, well, get back with me. A little more money and we'll hook you up. And I don't, I don't want to be that person. I, I can't be the final judge. I don't believe that that's the authority of the church. But I do believe there is blessing and favor that is assigned to the assembly of God's people. And when you choose to do damage to the people of God, it's not that you just bring curse into your life, although that can happen. I believe what ends up happening is you withhold God's hand from blessing your life. You tell God, no, sir, I don't want to have any fellowship with you, Pastor. I would never say that to God. But God said, how can you say you love me whom you can't see if you can't even love your brother and your sister whom you do see? There has to be a moment, church. Listen to me. If you've got an issue with somebody, you don't roll your eyes and shoot them with daggers of, of body language and talk bad about them behind their back and give little hints on your social media. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. If we're going to be a church, you have to settle things the old-fashioned way. It's the Bible way. You need to go sit down with them, and you need to try and work it out and iron it out. And if they won't do that, go get some witnesses. And if you don't have any witnesses, shut up up well pastor I know this to be true well if nobody else knows it to be true wait for the Holy Spirit to confirm it to somebody help me talk about it church well I want my retribution now revenge is mine says the Lord I had no intentions of saying any of this but I'm enjoying myself because I feel a fish on the end of the line You can't settle things like the world. You bring it to the church. You go to them and then you bring it to spiritual leadership in your life. There are counselors in our church. There are people who have a Barnabas ministry. If it gets all the way to me, you are in serious trouble. I'm like the nuclear strike. I, I just Either it goes great or everything is just demolished. I don't have any in between. Pastor Gary said to me after I had a counseling session... I was having a counseling session when it was over. They were in there. I just turned the lights down low for them. They were holding each other and crying and weeping and calling on God's name. And I came out, closed the door, and you know, wiped my brow. And Pastor Gary looked at me. He said, I'll tell you one thing. If I ever need counseling, I'm not coming to you. That's the truth. <laughs> you bring it to the church. If they won't hear the church... 
If you're willing to turn against the whole church, you better be careful. Because you're not wrestling with people at that moment. You're wrestling with the people of God. And the Lord has decided to invest authority in the church. And if you're going to attend a place like this one or a church that seeks the presence of the Lord, if you're going to attend a place like that and decide, well, I'm just going to be mad at everybody. I think I'm the only one that's right. I'm the only one that can get this correct. I'm the only one that understands how to worship this way or pray this way or do this ministry. Nobody does it like I do. I bind that divisive spirit in the name of Jesus because what we do in this house, listen to me, we do together. In this house, I have deacons who handle the administration of the church. I have elders who handle the spiritual authority of the church. I have a pastoral staff that administrates the ministry of this church. We walk in authority of the church of God in faithful keeping with the doctrine. I am in good standing with every board, every committee, with my state bishop, with Cleveland, Tennessee. I am a man under authority. I am not rogue. I don't do things on my own. I walk as a battleship walks, we move as one. We are in one mind and in one accord. We may make mistakes, but what we make mistakes doing, we make them together and we repent together. We are the body of Christ. And when you put a nail into the body of Christ, you're crucifying Jesus again. And I admonish you, you better be careful because this house is anointed by the glory of God. It's bathed in prayer. We walk in authority. We walk in anointing. There have been so many good lives come through here. Pastor, who are you talking to? I have no idea, but I'm having a wonderful time. <laughs> you know, truthfully, I don't hear much anymore like that. People don't, people avoid me when they get into these situations of life. They, they don't like to come to truth speakers because I'm, I'm not intimidated. I have a place in this world that God called me to occupy. He has given me authority. And I, I celebrate where I stand. And I'm not ashamed to be what God's called me to be. And so when someone wants to talk to me and bring accusation against someone else, I say, have you talked to them? And right there in front of them, if they answer no, I'll dial the phone. I settle things the old-fashioned way. So, consequently, I don't get invited to too many of the parties. But I believe there's a right way and a wrong way. And the only way to have conflict settled in your life is the Bible way. And you need to give those things to God. When someone's unreasonable, what did he say? Treat them like the heathen and the tax collectors. I just love that phrase. Just start name calling. <laughs> They're heathens and tax collectors. But, <laughs> but what he's saying is you need to have the gift of goodbye, not of perpetual drama. Your problem is you keep trying to fix what's already been brought to the church and they've rejected the church, but you're going to keep going back and over and over and over again. But if they reject Christ, they're going to reject you. Quit the drama. Stop all of the public display. We're not called to get involved with everybody's fight. Settle down. Get your eyes focused on what God called you to do. And if somebody can walk away from you, let 
them walk. Don't sit there and cling to relationships that animate bitterness in your heart. And if you're the guilty party, don't think that I'm giving you a free pass on not asking for an apology or forgiveness in your own life. Because I've found that there's some people, they're the rascal, and they'll hear this sermon, and they'll say goodbye to a whole bunch of people thinking that they've been the ones affected by toxic relationships when they're the ones that have intoxicated this whole process. I, I, I don't want... I just want everybody to be equally upset is my point, I guess. Okay, let me get to the fun stuff. And so I start off my ministry with this idea that we have authority. I am the pastor of Buford Church of God and in heaven, that means something. When you stand on this stage, you stand there not because we run a karaoke bar, but because you've been called to stand there and play that instrument or sing those songs or preach that sermon. When you come into the house of God and you join this church, we take it serious. We believe that God's going to bless your life. We pray for you. My wife keeps track of the prayer request. We have a so many pages of prayer requests that have been answered or we're still praying for and we bring it up every Thursday and we have this live prayer meeting and we keep track of your prayers because you're part of this church and we believe in authority in this church. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I know that seems relational in its lead-in, but it's eternal in its implication. I believe that when you have authority right in the church, it gives you spiritual authority. When you have your attitude correct with your neighbor, with those that are around you, I believe that you can look the devil and say, you know what? I belong to the body of Christ. I'm part of the faithful keeping of the prayer. Folks of the, of the Buford Church of God, I'm numbered among the redeemed. I have authority over you. You don't have any right to come into this house and tell me I'm going to live in anxiety, depression, and fear, and rebellion. I'm not going to live by manipulation or bitterness. No, I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus, and I accept the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, long-suffering, kindness. I'm not going to walk like the devil wants me to walk. Why? I have authority over him. Whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I bind the power. No man takes a house unless he first binds the strong man. When you come to this house, I have authority. And if I get agreement, and I have elders right now. I have several elders that attend this service. I have pastoral staff. I have some deacons in here. We have leadership right here in this house. Do you realize that I have authority right now in the name of Jesus to help you have victory over the devil that's attacking your life? Well, pastor, I believe we have to fight those battles on our own. That's stupid. Don't you dare. You're part of a family. Man, my brother, when I was growing up, Scott got big quick. You better believe I took advantage of it. Keep smarting off to me. I'm telling my brother. Guess what you can tell the devil? If you keep bothering me, I'm talking to my pastor. And I'm talking to my God. And I'm going to sing my songs. And we're going to take it down to the altar. And we're going to pray until we, you better leave me alone. Because all you're going to do is drive me to the arms of the church. 
They that before me are they that, that, that be against me in the name of Jesus. And then he said, if any two will agree as touching anything, we can ask what we will and it shall be done. Now agreement is hard work. We don't agree just because we're Bulldog fans. <laughs> just because you have the same jersey on, just because you have the same kind of background does not mean you're in agreement. Mia, would you come stand beside me? Let me show you what agreement looks like. This is agreement. You know how we're in agreement? Because if she goes down, I go down. If I lose, she loses. If she's broken, I'm broken. If she's mad, everything's bad. Right? This is agreement. I have someone I am in agreement with. Now, you can't just casually grab somebody by the hand and say, I'm in agreement with them until you walk in covenant with them. Now, you don't have to be married to everybody you're in agreement with. Marty, come stand here beside me. Why don't you come on up here? Marty, Marty is as deep in it. He's prayed as much or more than I have. He's so excited to be here. He's already written a sermon just to preach to me. He's going to walk all over this place. He's going to carry Bibles and waters and jackets and go up on the roof and lay hands on people and walk around and be security and make sure we're all right. And by the end of the day, we're going to look at each other and go, God moved or we'll get them next week. We'll do something, but we're in agreement. We, we have whatsoever we agree. If any two of us will agree as touching anything, we can ask what we will and it shall be done. So we three agree right now in the name of Jesus that, that God will honor his promise. That before we leave this place, his presence will abide here. That he'll come down and his, his glory will fill the tabernacle. That, that nobody will sit here and not feel the power of God in their life. We agree for that. We want that. We labor for that. We pray every day for that. We, we walk in agreement. You feel that? That's power. If any two will agree is touching anything. We can ask what we will, and it shall be done. Now, I've got some agreement going right here. Uh, Gary, come join me right here. I need some, a little bit more on this. Bob, Ann, would you come stand down? Now, look at this. I'm going to show I'm going to show We're going to put some muscle on this. Yeah, got the heavy hitters. In the name of Jesus. You know, when we're up here, we're in agreement because Pastor Bob, truthfully, our lives rise and fall together. If you don't win, I don't win. If, if I don't win, we all, our lives are anchored in. We've got to do this. And all of us are here because we're Pentecostal. I mean, we, we don't have any other hope but to see the manifest power of God. So here we are in agreement. So, you want some of this? If any two will agree is touching anything, we can ask what we will and it shall be done. Anybody need something today? Did you bring something into the house of God? Then reach back by faith because we believe in this church. That when we pray, heaven hears us. Don't take your little prayers home with you and think that nobody cares and nobody wants to agree. There's power in this church. There's, there's anointing in this church. And so in the name of Jesus, heal everybody. Touch every mind. I pray, God, you'd bind the power of hell over their life. Let your glory be revealed in them. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me, let me, let me say just one more thing here. I, I didn't plan to say any of that. What I had planned to say is what I'm going to say right now, which may be not as good as anything else that I've said. But then he adds this phrase, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the middle of them. This is the anthem of my life. And I don't believe that we fully comprehend what Jesus was trying to communicate. Because sometimes we reject the Old Testament theology to such a degree that we cannot comprehend the depth with which God was speaking to us when he gave us these little vignettes. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. You've got to understand something about the Hebrews. They did not perceive God as being everywhere like you and I perceive God as being everywhere. Oh, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. The Hebrews didn't, they knew that, but that's not what they lived for. See, the omnipresence of God was a theological understanding on their part. But what they also knew is there's the glory of the Lord. What they understood was that when they went into the battle and they had the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, that the Kabod went into battle with them. That's called the heavy presence of God. They didn't want to live in omnipresence. They wanted to live in the manifest presence. They wanted the power of God. When they would walk into battle and that blue glow would sit down on the mercy seat and the trumpets would be lifted up with that loud high blast over the battlefield and those priests would say, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. I say again, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever from everlasting to everlasting. And angels started declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That the heavy glory of God went with them. They knew what the glory of God looked like. It was dangerous. It was powerful. It would fight their battles. They had to deal with God carefully because if they didn't do it just right, they would die. They wanted His power. And what God was saying to them through Jesus is, I'm giving you an Ark of the Covenant. It's not going to be with gold, it's going to be with bones of the church. I'm going to be the glory of God and it's not going to be the blood of a lamb. It's going to be the blood of Christ. I'll wash you and make you clean. But when you gather together, I'm going to sit down on the throne of your praise and my glory will fill the church. Listen to me. The Buford Church of God does not exist because we live only on the omnipresent principles of God. The gravity laws of leadership, the incredible thermodynamic laws of, of success and failure, how we can apply the Word of God to our relational and psychological needs, how, how God's omnipresent principles can help you have a better life. We try some of that from time to time, and, and believe me, we, we do a pretty good job. But 
At the end of the day, we're here because he promised that when we show up, he'll show up. And we're not here just to celebrate the omnipresence of God in the universe. We want the heavy glory of God to come down into the tabernacle. I believe that this is a throwback to the tabernacle of David. The temple had thousands of people. It had people in ornate robes. It had all of the intimidation of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They, they knew the glitter and gold of the temple. They knew the, the feast could attract thousands in attendance. That great big fellowship and all of that money was otherworldly to these poor people. But what they could comprehend was a little tent threw up in Jerusalem real fast. And they put the tabernacle there and they put the Ark of the Covenant in there. And David said, hire me some singers. And just put them in there. And he hired singers all over the country. He said, write me some songs. And here's some ones I wrote. And I want you to start singing mine until you figure out how to write your own. And I want you to get in there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I want you to sing glory and honor to God. And what God did is his glory filled the tabernacle. The smoke of his presence filled the tabernacle of David. And in Acts chapter 2, God reminds us that he's going to rebuild the tabernacle of David, which had fallen down. What God was saying to them is, I'm not after the gold. I'm not after all the prestige. I'm not trying to impress anybody. What I'm telling you is that when you come to the house of God, It'll be just like the tabernacle in the wilderness. When you lift up your hands in the sanctuary, I promise you that the heavy glory of God, you may not have the priest, but you'll have angels. They'll start to declare, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So why don't you go ahead and let somebody say over the church, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let the Lord have his way in this place. Hallelujah. So today, I want you to help me invite God's glory into the tabernacle. I want the spirit of authority. I want the spirit of restoration. But oh, what I want is the manifest power of Almighty God. It's important for you to know that I believe all of Scripture oscillates around the principles that are found in Matthew chapter 18. That what God has designed in His Word is an instruction manual to teach the church how to accommodate the presence of a dangerous God. So come down. And let your power fill this place. Let your anointing overshadow us, O oh God. And let your face shine on us. Let your glory fill this house, Heavenly Father. As we lift our hands in the sanctuary, may the uplifting of our hands be like the evening sacrifice. May our words be like the incense that filled the holy of holies. May our gathering today be like the humble gatherings of the early church hidden in the upper room. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues of fire sat down on each of them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Let your power be revealed today in the mighty name of Jesus. Stand with me all over the house. I said this yesterday in the funeral. We lost Vic 
one of our greatest friends in the church, a good man. And I told the family something I want to share with you. When you're going through grief, you're going through hard times, you need to employ the principle that I just shared with you. I believe that when you are going through the hardest times of your life, it doesn't make sense, but I promise you it's true. When you praise God, it helps. Is there anybody here that if it weren't for your praise, you'd have lost your mind? Anybody ever been in a serious fight with the devil and the only thing you could do was lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus? And the name of Jesus started clearing up your thought life? Why is that true? Because of what I just said. You start to gather in his name. And the Bible says to be absent from the body is to what? Be present with the Lord. So where's Vic right now? He's with the Lord. He's with the Lord. So when you have a moment where you're missing Vic or you're going through grief and you start to praise the Lord and he comes down and Vic's with the Lord. What ends up happening when you praise the Lord, they don't feel that far away anymore. You know, Ted, after your mama passed, you did something that a lot of people, they don't do. I've actually heard people say, I don't want to go back to that church because it'll make me miss them. It'll make it harder. But you can, you can help me here. That's not true. Because if you'll come to the house of God, it doesn't feel like they're that far away anymore. It feels like he might just come back by 2 o'clock this afternoon. It feels like just maybe I don't have to grieve all day because by nightfall, he may, he may blast on that trumpet. He, he's, I can feel his presence. You want to deal with grief? Run to God. You want to deal with problems in your life? Gather together with God's people. Don't you dare run away from the church thinking that time away from the church will help you be better. You've got to get close to the people of God and allow His glory to fill your life. Now, I sense that there's going to be many people who we get to pray for today. And my wife and I are going to agree together. <laughs> We're going to create a little Ark of the Covenant. We're going to, she's going to be behind you. I'm going to be in front of you. She's going to be an angel on one side. I'm going to be on the other. You're going to be the mercy seat. And we're going to ask God's glory to sit down on you. Just bundle them up in love. So, I always say this when Mia blesses them on Thursday. It's like she puts them in swaddling clothes. From the top of their head to the sole of their feet. And send you home. <laughs> I know many of you will go to Sunday school. Some of you have to leave. I'm going to bless all of you, and then we're going to open the altars. In the name of Jesus, with the authority that he's placed on my life, I bind the power of hell that's trying to wreck your mind. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost. I come against depression right now in the name of Jesus. I come against anxiety. I come against sleepless nights. 
I come against that battle that rages for your marriage, to your finances. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we agree together that God's plan will be accomplished in your life. May you be blessed in the city and blessed in the field, blessed when you rise and when you lay down at night. May he give you beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face and the rains fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. We hope you enjoy Pastor Joey's word today. To find out more about our ministry, visit bcog.me. Our services are live streamed weekly on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have any questions, you can talk to one of our pastors anytime via bcog.me messenger. See you again in the next podcast episode.